God. Praise God, praise God. Well, it's good to have everyone here this morning. Glad to see your smiling faces. Glad to see your joyful hearts. It's just awesome. It's just awesome to be in the house of God. We're going to open up with a word of prayer, and then we're going to let God do what God does best, okay? Let's pray. Lord, today, words can't express. Words cannot express my gratefulness, and I know the gratefulness of others in this sanctuary today. Lord, you saved our souls. And you saved us from an eternity separated from you. Lord God, we can never repay and we cannot thank you enough. And Lord, I, I pray today that you speak to that one that's sitting here today that doesn't know, know you in that intimate, personal way, that doesn't have that relationship, dear God, that no man can break, but that you ushered in into our lives through the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, let us stop forsaking you and let us stop worshiping you. Let us just have this attitude of worship. Let us start to, to bow our heads, bow our knees, humble ourselves as we hear from you each and every day. Be with us during this time. Cause me to decrease. Move me out of the way. And preach your holy word in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Thank you, Joel. Matthew chapter 16. You've, we've read this scripture before. You've heard a sermon on it before, probably countless times. But today, those of you that come to Tuesday night Bible study and Wednesday night Bible study, you're going to notice this is as being an overflow of those classes. It bled into Sunday school this morning. But I want you to understand, today... Today is a day for you to change. Today has been given to you as another opportunity to reset your life, reset your attitude towards God, reset your attitude towards everything. I love to be able to stand, stand up here and tell you every day is a new day to reset. And you know what? If you're not treating it like that, if you're not trying to make today better than yesterday, there's a problem. If you're just wanting to keep repeating and reliving your life and its struggles day in and day out, then you need Jesus. Because every day is new. Every day is fresh. So in Matthew chapter 16 and in verse 24, 
16 and verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now let's stop right there for a moment. How many of you have read that scripture before? A lot of hands go up. That's good. You've read that scripture. How many of you have understood that scripture before? You think pretty much? Okay, okay. Let's read it again. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, let's break it down a little bit. Let's go to the letters in red. If anyone wishes to come after me, to wish is to desire something earnestly. It is to want something so deeply in your life. Okay, something that may be missing, something that you desperately need, but it's something that's not there. If anyone wishes to come after me, not get him. Jesus didn't just rob a liquor store or nothing like that. It's not him just trying to apprehend him. But it is us coming after him in respect to his ways and everything else. If anyone wishes to do that. See, that's the question you have to desire. You have to ask yourself today. Is there a burning desire to be like Christ in your life? The answer in everyone's life is really probably no. And let me tell you why. Because if it were, there'd be a different you sitting in this sanctuary today. I'm not telling you you're not saved. I'm not telling you you're not saved. But the desire, the wish to be after Christ, to come after him, would look like what? Well, I'm going to show you that in a moment. I'm going to show you that in a moment. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. See, that statement right after the first statement I just read is our first struggle. See, I just sat here and told you all this sanctuary would look different if we were desiring to come after Christ. Somebody, some of you might have went, <clears throat> well, John's not here, but some of you might have went, harumph, I'm coming after Christ. Some of you might have said, how dare you tell me I'm not following Christ? The, the fact that if you immediately put your feelings on your shoulder, immediately says you haven't denied yourself. I hope this is piercing your heart. I don't care if you wore steel toe shoes today. It's not after your toes. I hope this is piercing your heart. If you wish to come after Christ, every offense, every struggle, every reason, every justification for not following him must be denied. Brother David, I don't feel good. I got it. Sanctuary, church, congregation, I don't feel good either. I don't have a tickle in my throat, but I've had a headache for three days now. Just kind of feel wonky, kind of funny. But I have to deny it to come after Christ. Now, I don't have a fever, so don't worry about it. None of y'all, y'all that I hug, you ain't going to get sick. I ain't got no croup or nothing like that. 
But you have to learn to start denying things. You have to, because if your desire for Christ is so strong, you'll take it and you'll set aside everything in your life. Well, Brother David, that's easy for you to say. You preach full time, okay? Same blood that died for you, Brother Charles, that spilled for you was spilled for me, right? So I got a different blood. Is that what I got? Huh? Does somebody else have a different blood other than Jesus on them? It's the same Jesus, right? So why, why the struggle with the denial of yourself? Why the struggle with the laying aside of everything else that is not of God? Why? It's because you don't have the desire. It's because you don't wish it. You can cross this Georgia state line and you can buy a lottery ticket and you can wish that you win the lottery, don't you? And you wish that more than anything, wouldn't you? Because then guess what happens? With, oh, if I win it, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give 10 percent to God. What if God says give him 90 percent? What if God what if God told you don't cross the state line? You see, you're acting and walking and living and moving on your wishes. And your wishes don't line up with the statement of Christ. Let's read it again. Verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. Your education. Your attitude, everything must be denied. Then he says something very interesting in the rest of that scripture. Then take up and take up his cross and follow me. Now, his cross, your cross, what is your cross? What is your cross? Your cross is not your problems. Your cross is not your pain. Your cross is not your, your, your neighbor. Your cross is not your job. Your cross is not your house. Your cross is not even your child. Your cross is the same as everyone else's cross, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the cross that you got to pick up. That's the one where you got to lay aside everything else. Everything that's out there that's distracting you from the gospel of Jesus Christ and and keeping you from picking up that cross, that cross and whatever that ministry is, it should be leading you to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, Brother David, I'm not called to teach Sunday school. Nobody said you had to teach Sunday school. Jesus said he didn't say go out into all the world and teach Sunday school, did he? He didn't say go out into all the world and, and create the biggest and best Bible study, did he? He didn't go out there and say that. He said teaching them the God. You have to teach the gospel. That's the only thing he wants you to carry with you. Your cross. Your cross is ministry work, period. But everyone out here, and I, if I haven't, I'm, I'm going to sweep the whole congregation. I love making eye contact. With everyone, because I don't want anyone to think that I'm talking about, Jimmy, you can't see me. I got you. (laughs) But I'm looking at you right now, Jimmy, okay? All right, good. You see, I'm looking at you. Everyone needs to understand that you're not excluded from that mission. 
You're not excluded. If you are saved, you're not excluded from taking up your cross and following him. If you are saved, you're not excluded from denying yourself. If you're lost, you don't have to be excluded. You don't have, if you're lost, all you have to do is come. Jesus saves you. And then guess what happens? You take up your cross and you follow him. You start immediately preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You take up his cross and follow me. Follow me is the same as mimic me. I've preached this before. Act like me. Behave like me. Talk like me. Walk like me. Live like me. That's the follow me that he wants. That, and if you're doing that, if you're doing that, then your cross is what? If you're acting like Jesus, living like Jesus, speaking like Jesus, loving like Jesus, what is your cross? The gospel. Well, I have a gift of crocheting, and that's what I should be doing. Put the gospel in it. You don't need the crocheting to help the gospel. You hear me? Nothing can be added to the gospel. But if you want to present the gospel while you're crocheting, then do it. If you want to present the gospel while you're walking, then do it. <coughs> if you want to present the gospel while you're eating, then do it. But keep in mind, all that you should be doing is presenting the gospel. It's no secret. There's no scientific method behind it. There's nothing else that you know. I, I could stop preaching right now, couldn't I? I'm not, but I could, couldn't I? All you need is the gospel. You don't need something hanging around your neck to do it. You don't need to, here, I got my wallet up here. You don't need to pull out. Hey, look, I got this gospel track right here. You don't need a track. You hear what I'm saying? You don't need a track. You don't need a favorite website. Your cross is the gospel. Pick it up and go tell it. You think Jesus was walking around passing out little coins and pamphlets saying, hey, y'all, let me tell you something. Do you believe you're a good person? Jesus wasn't saying that because Jesus told us what? None of us were good. And that's the only message you need to tell. Look, guys, I wasn't good. You're not good. How dare you tell me I'm not good? Well, you're not. <coughs> I've been coming here for a long time. Good. You're still not good. Take up your cross now. What does that look like? What does taking up your cross look like? You ready? Go to Acts chapter 6. Acts. A-C-T-S. Acts chapter 6. First off, your desire has got to get right. Your wishing has to be right. Then your denial has to be right. You have to deny yourself. 
So when you deny yourself, you're acknowledging God. Acts chapter 6 and go to verse 7. The word of God kept on spreading, and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were becoming obedient in faith. Woo! To the faith. The priests were getting obedient. Hold on, wait, what was happening? What happened? The Holy Spirit got to working, and he got on somebody, and guess what? Somebody picked up their cross, and guess what happened? They preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then guess what happened? The priest said, well, guess what we got to do now? We got to be obedient to the faith. (laughs) Obedient to the faith. Now, I'm going to say this again. I've talked about it before. Not obedient to the church covenant. Not obedient to the bylaws. Not obedient to the association. Not obedient to the state board of missions. Not obedient to anything but the faith. Quit cluttering up the gospel. Not obedient to the Baptist. Not obedient to the Methodist. Not obedient to the Catholic. Not obedient to anything else other than the gospel. Then I love this part. This is what, I, this, this is what it looks like to carry your cross. You ready? And Stephen, full of grace and power. Stop right there. Look at there. Full of grace and power. Not half a tank. Not a glass half empty. He didn't have one without the other. It said grace and power. Wow. Grace and power means what? You have what? Grace and power. When you have power, that means you have authority, right? Don't, don't. When you have power, you have authority. And when, oh, look at this, look at this. And was performing great wonders and signs among the people. So, Stephen, at some point in his life, denied himself because why? He desired to follow Christ. He wishes, hey, hold Acts chapter 6 and go back to Matthew again. Let's read that again. In verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, guess what happened? Stephen wished it. In other words, it was his desire. And when it does, I didn't say he wished salvation. If you lost, listen carefully. You can't go home and wish upon a star. Okay. And get saved. That ain't what I'm talking about. But once the Holy Spirit rested upon him, guess what happened to him? His desire was to mimic Christ and be like Christ. And as long as he was doing that, grace and power was with him. Grace and power were with him. Now, look at this. Go back to Acts chapter 6. And Stephen, look at verse 8. Full of grace and power was performing great wonders and signs among the people. This This is what it looks like. He's carrying his cross. He's operating in in the power of Christ. And guess what he looks like? Guess who he looks like? Who does he look like? Christ, because guess what? He was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Who else did that? Am I the only one reading this version or do you get it? 
He didn't say anything else was added to that. Christ's only desire when he was here was for you to be saved. For you to come into fellowship with him. For you to become his bride. Stephen's only desire, guess what? Was the exact same thing. Now look what happened. Look at verse 9. But some men from what was called the synagogue of the freed men, we can get technical with it, but basically these were, these were former people that were either imprisoned or slaved or whatever, and they were released by the Romans. Okay, let's just say it like that. Okay? The synagogue of the freed men including both Cyrenians and Alexandrians and some of uh, Cilicia and Asia, rose up and argued with Stephen. Now, Stephen, he's got his cross and he's carrying it. And people are getting saved and he's operating in power. And if you are doing that, guess what's going to happen next? The enemy's going to step out and say, I disagree. I don't think you're right. I don't think you should be preaching that. I don't think this should happen. I don't think that should happen. I think you're wrong. I don't care. Okay? Because Stephen, but, but look at what happened. They were rose up and they argued with him. But they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. We get flabbergasted when someone comes up and says, well, is the Bible real? Oh, sound like a truck Jake breaking on the interstate. Y'all ever heard that? Oh, DJ Jerry knows about it. Look, at he's back there laughing. That's what we sound like. Somebody ask us a biblical question. Oh, uh, can I answer that right now? Uh, am I under the right umbrella to do that? Yes, you can answer it. Stephen, he had his cross. They weren't, it didn't say Stephen was walking. Listen, y'all, we've been learning some stuff. I'm, I'm going I'm to break it down for you. We've been learning some stuff here, okay? Matter of fact, Miss Patsy and them, they learned this morning some things. I taught them about the fish god, Dagon. You know, you know that, little, that little fish symbol that you got stuck on your car or on your T-shirt? Do y'all realize what that is? There is nothing holy about that whatsoever. There's nothing godly about it. That is a god. That is a fish god called Dagon. So if you got one of them little Jesus fish that we like to call them, Jesus ain't, all Jesus did with them fish, guess what he did? Is he gave them too many of them that they almost sunk their boat, and he broke them up, and they fed a bunch of folks with them. Other than that, he ain't said there was ever nothing, and then he paid his taxes with one of them that had a cord in his mouth. Okay? Ain't nothing holy about the fish. When you stick that symbol up there, guess what you're doing? See, you're desiring what you think is holy. Jesus said, desire, desire me. Wish to come after me. Okay? Oh, I can get, I, look, I can go on symbols and all this stuff and geometric shapes all day long. I'm telling you, Tuesday nights we've been learning stuff. I'm telling you, you won't even write a circle down. <laughs> it's just that deep. And we won't even get into all this up here. We will later. But here's the whole point. Here's the whole point. Stephen didn't do nothing but speak wisdom and used grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit. That was his cross he was carrying. 
And he carried it. And when he carried it, he used the authority that he had. And no man could stand against him. When you operate like that, when you operate like that, listen to me carefully. When you operate like that, they will come after you. But they won't be able to stand against you. Does it mean you might get stoned at the end of the day? Hello? Yes, it does. But it also means that you've been living the life that Christ wants you to live. Brother David, I'm not supposed to get stoned. Not like you are in the 60s and 70s. No, you're supposed to get, you're supposed to get stoned. Y'all got that, didn't you? We ain't talking about Scooby-Doo stone. We're talking about, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about him. This is what carrying your cross looks like. This is what, this is what taking on what Jesus has commanded us to do. This is what it looks like. It looks like Stephen. Can I say it looks like Miss Liz? Can I say it looks like Greg? Can I say it looks like Charles? Can I say it looks like Jamie? Can I say it looks like David? Sadly, no. And I'm not picking on anyone. You know what I'm saying. Can I say it looks like this? Can I? Can any of you, can any of you stand? Can any of you stand? And when someone opposes you, and if you can, praise God. If you can, praise God. But can any of you stand? And when they get in your face and they tell you that you're wrong and they tell you that they don't agree and they tell you that you're this and you're that and you're, you're, you're lost and, I mean, and you're, you're incorrect and, and you're not being very lovable. God loved everyone. Yes, he did. He still does. That's why I'm standing here now telling you can you do that? Can you stand there face to face with that one that's in opposition to you? Can you? And let them walk away, either saved or not being able to argue with you. Is your life so much like that? Have you desired so much of Jesus that that's what's coming out of your life right now? Sad to say. It's sad to say. But the churches don't look like that, do they? Do they? Y'all, this is one of those sermons today where, you know, I hope you walk out feeling like garbage. I really do. I hope you feel like junk. But I don't want you just feeling like junk. I want you to do something about it. You need to change your desires. You need to, you need to desire to earnestly come after Christ. You need to desire to earnestly seek him no matter what gets in your way, no matter what convicts you, no matter what, no matter what oppresses you. You need to desire to go after Christ. That's what Stephen was doing. And they, were, they couldn't stand against him. And, when, and then look at this. In verse 11, then they secretly induced men to say, we have heard and speak blasphemous, blasphemous words against Moses and against God. There ought to be some folks lying about you. That's what your cross looks like. There ought to be some made up stuff about you out there. And yet God know the truth. 
That's what there ought to be. Is there? Have you really taken up your cross? I'm not talking about people lying about you, whether or not you you were drinking beer down at the Mexican restaurant or nothing like that. I'm talking about them getting on to you about how you're standing for God. Hmm? Is that happening in your life? Is it happening or is there a big vacuum when it comes to that? I'm looking forward to seeing when this church walks out of here and they go and they see that little fish thingy on the back of someone's car and, 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 and uses that and says, you know what you have on your car? I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, you know, we got that, that banner that's not up in the tea room anymore. The one with the three rings on it. Yeah, a lot of y'all might be going, well, yeah, where did that go? Let me tell you where it went. It came down. You want to know why it came down? Do y'all know what those three rings represent? Do y'all know what those three rings represent? No, it's not. It it is a Buddhist symbol. But we we attach holiness to it. Now all of y'all looking at me with your mouth hanging open and your eyes popping. Did you know that? Did you know that? You see, that's a life that's after Christ. When we start getting some knowledge about some stuff and standing our ground, even in the church, even when it gets to the point where we're defending this sanctuary, not because something is pretty, but because is it holy and right? Not based on our righteousness, but based on his. See, that's the cross that we need to bear is putting down our righteousness, denying ourselves, and picking up God's and going forward. And sometimes it starts right inside this house, taking a stand. Past few weeks, Sheila's tired of snatching that picture off the wall in the Sunday school room of the, the senior ladies. But there's a picture in there. There's a picture in there of the Lord's Supper, supposedly. And I'm here to tell you right now, it couldn't be more wrong if my arms were screwed on backwards. You want to know what's wrong with it? There's 12 men in there with Jesus. Excuse me, correction. There's 10 men and two women in there with Jesus. Now tell me at the Lord's Supper how many women were there. Zero. This picture's in this church with men and disciples with halos over their head. Wrong, 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 wrong. We got to take the church back by picking up our cross and getting our business right in here so we can go out there and fix some stuff. And the only thing we got to fix is those who are lost. And we ain't got to fix them. We got to let Jesus do it. But we got to walk out of here right before we can teach them right. I've kind of gone somewhere here, but I want you to know it. That's our cross, y'all, is preaching the word and truth and righteousness. Nowhere in the Bible does it mention halos. Nowhere in the Bible are women at the Lord's Supper. I'm not bashing women. Women serving them. I'm saying they weren't there. And if we're going to equate something biblically correct, and say it's holy, then we better know it's holy. Hello? Hello? 
You can keep it because it's pretty. Or you can teach it because it's right. Now, which one is it? Deny yourself. Take up your cross, which is the gospel, and base it only on the gospel. All the other stuff, all the other stuff is just excuses and mess in the way that's keeping you from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I want your attention. I want everyone's attention right now. If you're sitting in here today and your salvation is based on anything other, if it's based on that cross around your neck, then you're wrong. If your salvation is based on the cross on that wall, you're wrong. Jesus wasn't on that one and he wasn't on that one. If your salvation is based on what someone told you about God and not based on the truth of his word. If your salvation is based on being a good Baptist, if your salvation is based on your political opinion, You're lost. Jesus didn't say, not one time. We get that on video, me looking for my glasses and they went on my head. I've been preaching without my glasses. How can I, when I've been reading the word without my glasses too? I don't know what's happening here. Jesus didn't say, Jesus did not say, Go out and be a good Republican and Democrat for me. You hear me? He said, pick up your cross and follow me. Act like me. He said, deny yourself. Let me tell you what it looks like. Stephen denied himself so much. Go to chapter 7. Go to verse 51. And we're going to close with these last few scriptures. He denied himself so much. Look at this. He said in verse 51, you men who are stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. See, that's us. We, re we received the grace of God. But then somewhere down the line, we decided it looked like something else. And we started making it look like how we want it to look. Verse 54. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the quick. In other words, they got ticked off, y'all. And they began gnashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. 
When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him, and, with the, and the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of the young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having this said this, he fell asleep. Do you see what his cross looked like? Through pain and suffering and even concern of death, he stood. Did not bend, did not waver. And if you, if you look at the space between chapter 6 and chapter uh, 8, okay, Stephen spent all of chapter 7 teaching these men the Old Testament. He taught them the truth and stood on the truth until it cost him his life. That was his cross. Y'all, I would be amiss if I didn't tell you what all these banners mean up here. If I didn't tell you about your, your, little, your little swishy thing. If I didn't tell you that, I would be amiss. If I tell you that what you think is holy is nowhere in this word. It's time to deny yourself. It's time to pick up your cross, which is nothing but the gospel, and let your faith be right here and here alone. Y'all, if it's weighted up in a wooden cross like that, if it's weighted up in this, ooh, ooh, look, look, right here, here. We teach our children in VBS to pledge allegiance to a flag. A Christian flag. Where is it in the Bible? Find it. It's not there. This is not our cross, y'all. Do you hear me? This is not our cross. What's your cross? Do you know now? Is there any question about what your cross is? And I'm here to tell you right now, this ain't something you got to go home and pray about. If you got to go home and pray about whether or not you should present the gospel, you got a problem. You hear what I'm saying? If you got to go home and pray about, well, who should I tell? Listen, are you going to be able to witness to everyone? No, they're going to run you away. They're going to send you away. But what have you done? You have put the gospel out there. Every seed you plant won't grow. Anybody in here who's ever planted a garden knows that. So what's next? What's next? Someone answer me. What's next? Go out and do what? Who said that? Yeah, go out and do what? Bear your cross. What's your cross, Amber? Wow. She got it. Anybody? She got it. Anybody else questioning that? Guess who can't do that? The person that's sitting here that don't know Jesus. 
You can't do that. You're going to shake in your boots. You're going to be nervous because you won't be going in grace and power. Stephen stood before a whole arena full, a whole bunch of priests, a whole bunch of something, legalistic people who already hated Jesus and didn't care, preached the gospel. And he didn't drop one tear. He didn't shed one tear about it. He loved him until he died. And he loved him to the point that Jesus, hey, that Jesus stood up and said, wow. Is Jesus standing up over your life right now? He ain't because you ain't picked up your cross. Any questions? Did I mix any words here? Is anyone confused? Does anyone not understand? Because here's the goal of today. The goal is not to make you mad so you won't ever come back. That's not the goal. The goal is to get you stimulated. It's time out. It is time to stop mixing words and holding back. For the pastor... Which means I can't be afraid to come and tell you when you're in error. I can't be afraid, I don't have my phone with me, to pick up my phone and say, hey, hey. And I've never called anyone and said, hey, where are you at? I ain't never said that, have I? Have I? Anybody ever got that call? But it's time for you to get the call to say, hey. You, you in your word, you preaching the gospel. Are you trying to make, you know, don't, don't come, don't come, listen, don't come anymore with nice ideas and tricks to sell the gospel. The gospel don't need nothing to sell it. You hear me? It's the gospel. We're not trying to sell a used car here. We're not trying to close a deal. We're not trying to do anything other than mimic Jesus. Be like Christ. And don't come in here. We're not picking up WWJD either. If you've got to ask yourself that question, you better read. Like we got a question. Person's over there dog cussing you and treating you like garbage. And, and doing that, well, what would Jesus do in this situation? Hello? What do you mean, what would he do? Brother David, they just, they just, they just slapped me and took my coat. Well, I don't, I said it before, I don't see you standing there without a shirt on, so apparently they didn't get everything. Jesus said, give them your shirt. Brother David, they did me wrong. That was their fault that they ran into my car. So I'm taking them to court. Huh, really? Did you present the gospel to them? No, I was too mad because they hit my car. There's a problem. Guess what needs to happen? Brother David, he came in, and he killed my child, and he raped my wife. Now what happens? Hmm? Say that again. 
Every day we read his Bible. They hung him on a tree and they beat his back and they drove nails in his hands and they spit on him and they slapped him and they punched him. And guess what God continued to do? Guess what he continued to do? What did he continue to do? Forgive. And he stayed on the cross. So you stay on the cross until it's time to come down. So you carry your cross until the work is done. You ain't never had anybody raped or murdered, Brother David. How do you know? Just because I ain't out telling it don't mean it ain't happened. How many of y'all have been threatened when you show up to do God's work? I have. I have. And this is not to put a crown on my head, but I've been threatened when I show up to do God's work. Right here. And guess what? My little ball, shiny head, still here. And it ain't going nowhere until God carries me on out. Bow your heads. Real quick, if you don't know Jesus, come up here right now. If you're lost and you don't know Jesus, come up here right now. If you are not carrying your cross, come up here right now. If you haven't picked up the cross of the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you've got every other excuse under the sun other than if you're waiting on a, if you're letting a T-shirt witness for you or a tag or a bumper sticker or, or a necklace or a piece of jewelry, whatever it may be, if that is witnessing for you, come here right now so you can let that stuff go. Okay, stay there then. But we're going to pray about it. Father, change lives. This day. May we get the ministry right. May we get right and do what you have commanded us to do in the ministry. May we pick up the cross that we're supposed to carry. May we deny ourselves. And may we most of all, Lord God, desire, desire, wish it that we follow you, that we come after you. Let us lay aside everything that's unrighteousness and and filthy in our lives. Anything that doesn't line up with you. Anything that is unholy, let us lay it aside today. Anything that is not right in your sight, let us, let us lay it aside today. Any acts that are in our bodies that we're doing, whether we're out drinking or sleeping around or cussing or whatever it may be, lying, gossiping, let us lay it aside. Let us pick up our cross, Lord God. Teach us, command us, direct us, and let us submit to you today. Let us submit to you today. Little Mike. That's what I'm talking about. Give up whatever it is and lay it at the altar. Walk away from it today. 
What else is in the gospel's way? What else is in the, cro- in, in the way of your cross? What else is it? Father, change them. In Jesus' name. Every, every head bowed, remain bowed.